This is River Anne, and welcome to another episode of Heart Sense. The music you're listening to is called Chitas Vara by guitarist Susan McDonald from her CD, The Dream of Christopher Columbus. This song creates a deep resonance with peace. Let it fill your heart. If you love it as much as I do, you can find Susan's music online at animalballets.com. My intention with this podcast is to create a community of heart-centered souls on a path to align, strengthen, and open our hearts, to attune our frequencies to a higher vibration, like this music does. So every topic we talk about is designed to create greater awareness and healing so that together we can impact our planet with positive change. Today we continue our interview with animal communicator Andrea Zaboro in a conversation about what our animals are trying to teach us. Andrea became aware of animals talking to her as a young child, and in 1996 she began assisting clients with their animals both as an animal communicator and with natural healing modalities. She lives on a 100-acre ranch with 19 horses, 8 dogs, 3 house cats, 25 barn cats, 30 chickens, 7 geese, and 1 macaw parrot. We begin today right where we left off in the previous episode. Some people feel that respect is the most important aspect of their relationship with an animal. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, Define respect. (laughs) I have to be able to control this animal. They need to do what I'm asking them to do now. And that's the most important aspect of our relationship. The emotional aspect is second, but they have to learn how to behave and I have to be able to control them or there's something wrong with my approach or with the animal. Right. And that, I think, I mean, I look at that and I go, that's the complete human versus animal and humans will control and can control. And they can. Horses are very, I mean, there's, I mean, not all animals, you know, they, they put up with a lot of stuff and horses are very big animals and they put up with so much from us. I mean, horses skin is so sensitive. A fly lands on it and they flick it away. People who are very much in control think the horse is big. Therefore, I must reprimand them or discipline them quite harshly. And the animals put up with it. I mean, they could kill us so easily. I turned my back on a horse. I got kicked in the head slashed open, lost teeth, you know, had nothing to do with control. We were just leading horse. Those of us with horses know you don't turn your back on a young horse. I was careless because I was in a hurry, but it's a good reminder that they're big and they could kill us quite quickly. And they don't. They put up with all this abuse because humans think they have to domineer. And the horse is just there to put up with it and hope that one day that person will have a shift in how they're looking at the animal. And some never do, and some do. What about horses being used for sport, where they suffer a lot of injuries and are pushed to their limits? The horses are okay with that. A lot of horses love to show. 
my husband had a horse when he would he did driving with him and when he'd pull up to the showgrounds and get off the trailer he grew he grew another two hands so for horses we measure them in hands one hand is four inches but he would you know raise his head and neck and strut his stuff so to speak he loved to show off and then there's horses that will get to the show and they want nothing to do with it it's all they're a different personality so so horses are quite okay with that again that is part of their physical relationship with us. And they've allowed that to happen over a year because if they never ever wanted us to have that kind of a relationship, they wouldn't have let humans evolve that way with them. Do you think it's a part of their affection for us? Oh, absolutely. And it's, and, and it's so many people, you know, they put their whole self-worth on how well they do it. Yes, absolutely. It's part of their affection for us. It's them helping us to feel good about us just, and that's what the animals want to do. They want, us to feel good about us, to feel loved, to love ourselves. Sweet. What would you say about animals that seem to have a lot of problems? A lot of rescue animals, for instance. I know they all come in for us. They're rescuing us. We're not rescuing them. But is there information you can give us about how to work with these animals to help them get over the trauma they have experienced prior to being with us? that would create a relationship where we're communicating more easily and it's a benefit for both the person and the animal. Stop feeling sorry for them. They don't feel sorry for themselves. They're always in the present. And you know, the saying, it is what it is. That's how animals are. They don't feel sorry for themselves. This is the situation and they carry on and navigate their life that way every single moment of every single day. So when we want to interact with an animal, if we're coming from fear or feeling sorry for them or control, we're not experiencing that animal in the way that they need us to experience in them. And that is to accept them. If we feel, if we're always coming to them, feeling sorry for them, we can't accept the situation. And if we can't accept something, then it takes a lot longer. I always say you can't change something if you don't accept it. It just shifts the energy a whole lot quicker. Do you think there's a reason that some people are attracted to rescuing animals? Do you think there's something spiritually going on about this rescue person-animal relationship? thousand percent. Those people have the rescue program running in them. On a soul level, they're rescuers. Ah. Right? Right. Absolutely. And they want to rescue I have that soul program in me. One of them is the rescuer. And the trick for me is to make sure I keep it in balance because everything in balance, if we do too much, then we're not taking care of ourselves. And it got to the point for me where I had to learn how to rescue myself. I was so busy trying to rescue everything and everybody else. I forgot about me. So that rescue program is part of my soul. I came with that and I'll die with that. And I've had to learn how to manage it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm thinking that the rescue program may be the individual's program. They're rescuing animals so they they can learn how to rescue themselves, how to love and accept themselves unconditionally. Maybe that's about. Yeah, I think that's probably why. We uh-huh. not everybody has a rescue program, right? But those that do, that's probably exactly why. Yeah, that's great. Breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, awesome. What do you think that we can do, each of us individually, to change this story that's causing extinction of our animals? 
in so many ways, whether we're taking land away, trophy hunters, all these things that we're not respecting the number of animals here. Is there anything that you feel that each of us can do on an individual basis to begin changing the consciousness about our animals and our connection to them and how important they are on the planet? Each of us can do little things. See, because what I heard as you were talking, what the animals are saying to me, what they need us to do is to get right with ourselves. Cool. First. And when we are truly balanced and right, quote unquote, with ourselves, we can make different choices. Lovely. And then we will make different choices. That's an evolution of, right? That takes time to do that. And in the meantime, nothing wrong with if you're given an opportunity to put something into somebody's awareness. Hey, Maybe that animal's trying to tell you this, then do it. Speak up. Be who we are. That's what they want from us. And when we speak up and speak our truth and be who we are, it shifts. Everything shifts. What about people who think that cows are dumb or horses don't love you like that? What would you say to them? I would just tell them that the whole purpose that animals that are domesticated came to us and allowed themselves to be domesticated is because they do love us and they're trying to tell us teach us how to love ourselves and that person may or may not be able to deal with that information at that time but that's okay my job is to say what I need to say and how they interpret or if they believe it or don't believe it that's up to them you know I learned early on that the animals that come to us for food purposes because I used to the rescuer in me Oh, that's terrible. And that's awful. And they went, no, that's our job. Our soul came into this, onto this earth in this lifetime for the strict soul purpose to be food. And I could then stop feeling sorry for them because I understood that was the job of that soul. So then we just give thanks and bless them for the part they're playing in our lives. I love that. I'm going to use that in the future if I may. Absolutely. Do you think there are any dumb animals on the planet? Or do you think that's just a human perception? I think that's a human perception. I think there are animals that are quicker to catch on to things than not. But that doesn't make them dumb. I don't think. Maybe some people will. But, you know, there's some that, yeah, take a little bit longer. But it is what it is. Just like people, right? We're all a little bit different in the way we do things sometimes. I don't think somebody's dumb because they can't do something as quickly as I can or do it the same way or whatever. I love that. That's another message. It is. That's another message to humanity. That's what I mean. It just keeps coming. They just keep talking and giving us messages all the time. And that's why I say the more balanced we can be, the more clearer we'll hear them. And they're always talking and they always have something to say. I wish we could just take a microphone that was tuned to their frequency of talking and hear them all talking at the same time. It would be a fabulous movie. As soon as we we can do that. My biggest thing is I don't know how to turn it off. So there's places I won't go because I don't maybe want to hear some things. Like I won't go to auction houses or places like that because I don't know how to turn it off. And some days I hear clearer than other days. And those are the days that I'm more balanced. So I work very hard every day to keep myself balanced. And some days it works, some not so much. (laughs) I understand. Those of us who are empathic can feel overwhelmed by their captivity and what we're witnessing them being used for. Yeah. 
as I did. And when they told me that's their soul's choice and that's their soul's purpose, and I know that animals are in the present and it is what it is, okay, I I accepted it. Beautiful. Wow, this has been a fabulous discussion, Andrea. I've loved it. Thank you. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the geese. Can you hear them? (laughs) Yes. But I guess when I heard them screaming, I did hear you forgot about us. Do you think perhaps geese are showing us that we never leave each other behind? I've read that when one falls out of formation, they kind of wait. Absolutely. because And geese are really all about family. Like when you look up the meaning of geese in the Native American, it's all about family. So absolutely. I totally agree. Do you have any thoughts on uh, interspecies communication? We've seen a lot of videos and YouTubes about an animal, like an elephant with a dog or animals that wouldn't normally connect. Is there some message that you see from that? I do. I'd love to know what you see or hear. Well, for me, it's just a reminder that we all are love and love connects with love. I think animals like people can be more balanced than others, you know, sort of more into their, not necessarily with their emotions because they don't, or their mental stuff because they don't reason like we do. An animal, I guess sometimes the monkeys can, but for the most part, you know, a horse isn't going to go one plus one equals two. So that's what I mean by the mental part. But those that are, you know, very strong within themselves and balanced and are completely, totally in the frequency of love, then why not? Because we're all love. What do you think? I'm also thinking that perhaps they're teaching us that these differences are superficial. And oh, yeah. That big and small work, that different species work, that that all of these things that we have decided are separating us are illusions, that everything can work together regardless, again, of the mind. Absolutely. And the first thing I heard, and I forgot to say, because I got onto the thing about love, the first thing I also heard, which goes exactly to what you're saying, is there's no judgment. So when I was growing up, you know, you hear, I and mean, all of us, we hear about swear words, right? You shouldn't say whatever the swear word is. And, you know, my husband will call me a sailor, sailor, <laughs> you know, and if I'm frustrated, I'm going to say something because I've stubbed my toe, then who cares, right? Right. Not, but I think the biggest swear word is should. I wish that word never existed because my question is to everybody, Imagine what your life would look like and how would you navigate the world if that word should did not exist. It'd be totally different, right? It's all about no judgment and should is all about judgment. I can't stand that word. We can all talk about the connections with our moms and they just want the best for us. I can remember one time mom coming over and of course my mom, I love her to death, but she's very much not a country girl. So dirt and stuff is not up my mom's alleys or how so to speak and you know she'll come in and she'll come into my house and and tell me oh you should do this and you should do that and I'm like mom did you come to see me or my house (laughs) she said well what do you mean and I said please can you not say should I said that's a judgment I'm my own worst enemy about judging and I'm trying really hard not to judge myself or anybody else and stop for a second and think about it what if the word should never existed well our animals are showing us that Exactly. That's the non-judgment. That's the unconditional love. That's the self-acceptance. All of that's all connected. And they're trying so hard to help us love us. And when we truly love ourselves, we don't feel the need to judge. Or separate. We get more connected. Right. Are Are you finding that animals are talking to each other more or that's just our perception? 
you know what? I would say that's just a human perception. Okay. I, I don't really know though. For, like, I really don't know. I'm not, I'm not hearing from the animals one way or another. My belief is they're probably always been talking where you're just more aware of it. I don't know for sure. Is there anything else you want to share? Well, I just wanted to thank you because this has been so much fun for me. And I've loved to be able to really give the message about, about love and acceptance and no judgment. Is there something to be gained by connecting with these animals' hearts? You know what? We're always connecting to their hearts. Okay. We are, if we want to look at the heart as being our soul or our spiritual self, we're always having conversations and connecting with them. How much we feel it and how much we hear depends on how balanced we are. In other words, how much is our mental self getting in the way? How much are emotions getting in the way? And that's why I love it. It all comes back full circle. And that's what I say. The more balanced we can be, the more we'll get from our relationships with our animals. So we're really talking about heart sense. We sure are. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You're just a joy. Thank you so much, Andrea. You are more than welcome. What animal do you think is trying to teach us how to receive? Wow. I love that question. I'm surrounded by horses, so I bet you it's horses. Okay. Because they're always in me. And that's one of my big, I would say that horses. And in Native American medicine, horse is all about power. Not power that we perceive like somebody having power over another one, but our own personal power. In other words, standing up for our true self, being authentic, loving who we are. And I guess part of that is being able to receive it, right? And right. so I'm going to say the horses because it's making me cry. So I'm going to say that's the horses. <laughs> Another beautiful message from the horse. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, they've Thanks. been with us for so many centuries taking care of us from the very sure beginning. Is. It's amazing. Yeah. And I'm very grateful. And I thank you for all your time today. Oh, I thank you back. <laughs> Huge. I appreciate it. It was fun. It's fun. I love to get the message out. See, they're saying goodbye too. Okay. And come on, everybody. And come on, everybody. Be who you are and be okay with that. Like really, truly okay with that. Beautiful. This concludes part two of my interview with Andrea. If you've enjoyed this one, make sure you listen to part one in the previous episode. Some of you may be interested in contacting her for a reading. You can find her on Facebook as Andrea Zaboril, that's Z like zebra, B-O-R-I-L, or you can call her landline in Canada at 519-364-0745. Make sure to leave a message with your time zone if you miss her. Sponsor funding for this episode was provided by the Goldenstein Gallery and Native Jewelry of Sedona. The Goldenstein Gallery is a premier fine art gallery exhibiting throughout the five-star luxury resort of La Berge de Sedona. Representing over 50 noted local and regional artists, they offer a unique experience to view life-size and monumental sculpture in the gardens with changing exhibits of paintings, kaleidoscopes, jewelry, and maquette sculpture throughout the resort. For more information, visit their website at goldensteinart.com or call 928-204-1765 for a complimentary tour. Native Jewelry of Sedona features the largest selection of Native American art in Arizona. 
they work directly with the most celebrated Native American artists to bring you exclusive creations with the finest stones and the largest variety of jewelry in both gold and silver. They also carry some of the best pottery, fetishes, and kachinas. So if you gravitate to Native American fine art, this is your place. To view some of the treasures you'll find here, visit their website, nativejewelrygallery.com. And finally, if you're resonating with this podcast, please follow or subscribe to HeartSense. I welcome your thoughts, comments, questions, and reviews. If you'd like to donate or become a sponsor, I welcome your support. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.